the more that I can have more ads that are getting more people to take more valuable actions that I can track, the more that those ads are also leading to other impact beyond just the conversions that we're tracking. That's my like firm belief. We are back, folks, for your favorite D2C podcast. And boy, do we got a screamer for you. The man with the plan. Barry Hot, how are you? How's the V-dub? How's the new baby? He didn't give me the hat. He didn't. He, he has a lot of drip. Didn't give me the drip. He's wearing some swag. Um, but uh, how are you doing, Barry? I'm good. Car's good. Baby's good. Baby's great. Baby's a daycare. Amazing. Uh, very exciting times uh, for, for that baby. Amazing. First baby, correct? First one? Yeah, number number one. Yeah. Amazing. Don't know That's if amazing. We'll do it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then not a baby, but look at that baby face. My partner in crime, Ashvin Wawani. Ash, how on? are you? How you doing? Good, Always swagged man. out, looking good. That that POD Come swag on. that Ron just dropped dropped all the cookies. He let everybody know. Yeah. Yeah, that thread was heat. That thread yep. was heat. Yeah. That's it. The secret's out. We're always giving out our secrets. It's tough. I know. You guys are so giving. It's so great. Oh, I'm going into God mode here. I got to hit this uh, gun. Go this way. Oh, oh, too bright over here. Um, all right, folks. We're actually going to get into a lot of stuff. Barry is one of the best acquisition marketers, retention marketers, just overall big brain guy. And I love him. He always has hot takes, but um, the data and logic to back them up. So, Let's just jump in. What are you seeing kind of working in the ecosystem? And then we can kind of just bish bash that off of kind of what Ash has seen. And, and let's just start to jump into some combos. So Barry, what do you, what are you seeing people succeeding with right now? What should people be staying away with in terms of sure. uh, acquisition and specific paid? Yeah. You know, I've been meaning to tweet this and I don't like giving away my secrets. I'm, I'm still getting used to Twitter and, and the idea of giving away what, is working. I'm still really not accustomed to this. So like, I'm like giving away a value, a very simple, this is not, not revolutionary what I'm about to say, but it is a value bomb and I'm going to drop, uh, which is that images are working real good. I've been <laughs> saying really? this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been saying it too. Actually, I haven't been saying it, but I've been seeing it. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I preach a lot about video and I think, Video fundamentally is a future, and I often I often think that images are I'm seeing images working and scaling in a lot of places because those are brands that aren't getting video to scale as well. So you know, there's some chicken and there's some egg uh, going on there. But I am having some success with some images. Uh, so and I'm having fun producing it um, and coming up with image ideas and playing with that. So that's what I'm seeing right now. I'll start with that. Let me jump in and then, and then you can rattle off Ash. Yeah. Two things. One, are you seeing that across the whole funnel or when I was used to, when I was running my agency, we saw images crush on retargeting more than videos. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. But so I didn't know if it was, if there was a certain stage of the funnel that's crushing at. And then do you also think it's because you can have a higher creative velocity with images just because they're inherently easier to iterate, make than um, videos, even short videos are kind of a lift unless you have like the, the Ash influencer setup where he has a thousand people, billion people <laughs> and sending him creative throughout this whole thing. Um, it, it can be challenging. Yeah, exactly. It can be challenging, <laughs> right? To keep up that creative yeah. velocity to ensure that you have that throughput to um, scale. So those are my two questions and I'll toss it over to Ash. So much to address there. Yeah. <laughs> um, first and foremost, the like the whole image working and retargeting thing, I would probably, you know, historically think about that being maybe related to just being cheaper inventory that if you're retargeting and Facebook's trying to like, you know, I think you guys know me well enough. So I don't know if someone watching would know I, I'm kind of almost like a um, conspiracy theorist in terms of Facebook's trying to just get credit for the easiest conversions it can rather than driving yep. actual <laughs> incremental conversions. So I have typically thought that Facebook, when it can get a cheap click from someone that's already in funnel is going to do so with the hopes yep. of that. It's just going to take credit for it. So that's why I would expect to see 
some retargeting image stuff historically have worked that way. Um, but hard to say if that's true or not. And if that was true or still is what I'm actually seeing right now, however, is images working well in prospecting and across several accounts that I have access to, um, and that I'm working on, which is interesting. Um, and I think it might, I don't, it's not, they're not accounts that are also even like shitting out a billion images. They're not. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we, we probably will start more because we're, you know, what yeah. we're seeing working compared to video and how scalable some of it can be. Um, part of me thinks that it has to, a lot to do with the relaxation of the 20% text rule um, mm -hmm. from the past Great year. Great point. I That's actually a really good point. That, yeah, I think that was something, you know, if I had one small regret about the last year, it would be not immediately capitalizing on text in ads. Um, I remember, you know, the reason why that 20% text rule was a thing was because it prevented advertisers from making text heavy ads, which were a bad experience for users on Instagram and Facebook or, you know, early on, or even just Facebook early on. But I think what we've learned now is that it actually is, it can be done in a spammy way and it can be done in a positive, useful way where you can have three big words that takes up more than 20% of the screen and it not feel like shit. It can feel nice. It can feel helpful. It can, you know, maybe it still is spammy. Maybe it still is very ad, you know, focused and ad aware. There's still a lot to unpack there from a real like subconscious user psychology or sorry, consumer psychology, whatever standpoint. But I think thinking about how Facebook originally like disallowed that and then started to uh, just have it penalize your ads and then now has moved away from that completely. It's really interesting to see that kind of self-regulation shift. And now I'm playing yeah. with that more and it's allowing for really strong copywriting to yeah. prevail. That's what I think I'm seeing. When that market cap shrinks, you want that money. <laughs> um, maybe. The, the other I don't thing, know if it relates to that, but maybe. <laughs> I'm teasing. I mean, it, yeah, it is what no. it is. At the end of the day, they're, yeah. they're, they're taking haircuts. Less than most people, though, to be fair. <laughs> um, but sorry, I keep cutting you off, Ash. I'll give it to you after this. But to, to your point, Barry, the 20% the rule is such a really prescient mm -hmm. point because what I've seen um, just anecdotally is really impactful testimonial ads in images where you can have these kind of longer testimonials. You have this nice lifestyle image or person that you can relate mm -hmm. to and then you kind of read their story. And it's almost like in a not a meme format, but it's a really nice sure. consumable like where before you couldn't do that. And you have this gorgeous testimonial right. and this is like this, you know, three or four sentences of just awesomeness, mm -hmm. but you'd have to put yeah. in the text or something like that. Nobody like to your point, it, copy is helpful, but I see ads in terms of a hierarchy where I creatives at the top, right? I do creative headline mm -hmm. text. That's kind of like yep, the, the, of the hierarchy for me. Um, and then mm -hmm. CTA is obviously last, but um, anywho, just wanted to throw that in there. Ash, yeah. take us away. Okay, so I got, I got a lot here, all right? Um, Let's go. Because, because I think this entire year from what I've been doing at Avi and what I've been kind of putting out on Twitter is that we've been testing like 20 to 40 creatives a week and purely based on the fact that they were static images, right? It's a lot easier to pump out that much more creative than videos, right? You got to get content creators, this and that, mm -hmm. influencers, like it's, it's a labor right. of love, but... Um, we found that just getting two or three designers and just pumping out creatives was the easiest way to go. Okay. Um, to your point on the, the text rule, as soon as that was lifted in my head, immediately, everybody post iOS update was saying your creative is going to do the targeting. Right. And at the same time, this is when that text rule kind of like went away. And in my head, I was like, all right, how do I do, how do, how do I get my creative to do the targeting? utilizing text on our graphics, right? So if you see any of our ads, look at our ad library, look at the stuff that I'm tweeting out. Literally our main headline is on the creative and I fully believe that is why we're able to target the right person to come to our website and purchase, right? So two things here is that, uh, and Barry, you tell me what you're saying, but basically at least on our static images, our cost per click is typically a lot higher. Uh, click through rate mm -hmm. is a lot lower. 
but mm. our conversion rate is very, very high. Like I'm talking mm -hmm. seven to 10% conversion rate on our landers mm -hmm. because I think because the creative is very targeted to mm -hmm. the specific problem that like, for example, say goodbye to hair loss, you're talking to somebody who wants to address this problem and you're getting that mm -hmm. right person to your page and they're converting, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing is higher conversion rate, higher cost per traffic, right? I'm looking anywhere from three to $5 cost per clicks, which is tougher to scale, right? It is very tough to scale this, um, which is why I think we've moved into this. Like if our, if our NCAC is like at, X KPI, we're good to go. Um, getting like your cost per click to get lower on like on an image is very tough because then you give up the conversion rate, right? So recently, what we decided to test was more videos, okay? TikTok style videos, UGC style videos. We're testing everything and we're putting it all into the same ad set, video, statics, everything. What I've noticed, and this is where Triple Whale has helped us significantly, is that the first click is going to start to come from the video, right? Because one, that has higher click-through rates and lower CPCs, okay? Um, but lower conversion rates. Then what I end up seeing is that our static images will not get as much volume, but they'll get a lot of conversions because they're also last click. So because we're running this full funnel approach where everything's in one campaign, everything's mm -hmm. being driven by this like highly engaging video, which is your top of the funnel really within this campaign. And then people are converting on the static images, which is what you mentioned is it does perform better on retargeting, right? So looking at like a first click basis, video is where it's driving the awareness. On the last click basis, our static images are, are performing really well right now. Um, so that was kind of us shifting over the last couple of weeks because of the algorithm change and they're pushing more videos and we wanted to stay on top of that. Um, mm -hmm. But I found that it's been a we've been able to scale a little bit more during a slower period of time for us because we've added videos into the mix that may or may not be converting on the first touch, but they're, they're basically setting it up for the, the static images to kind of convert later down the funnel within, within that same campaign. Um, but yeah, thoughts. Can I ask, can I ask a question? Yeah. What attribution, I hate to have to do this. I don't yeah. really want to spend this time talking about this yeah. the whole time, but we might. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. attribution setting are you using? One day clicks. Okay. Okay. Oh, the G. None of that the one G. day view. None of that. Uh, none of that. View throughs. Chew throughs. Good. Yeah. None of that. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's, not to that's cut you off time. here, but let me let me uh, pull some people along that aren't there. Um, first click attribution is what Ash is talking about, and last click attribution. They're different attribution models, and then uh, NCAC or NCPA is just your new customer um, CPA. So just to make sure that everybody that isn't hip to the game is following along the conversation. Mr. Hot is it to you. And then I'll add the one day click attribution setting as a setting in Facebook, which controls how Facebook delivers and also reports. So those Amazing. are separate, Amazing. all separate things, um, but they all can relate. So interesting hearing that you're doing the one day click. I, you know, mostly do approve. <laughs> like I'm a big one day <laughs> click guy. Um, yeah. there, there are some oddities I've seen in terms of, like, I'll be very honest. I don't, think that I try to waste time breaking down the differences in CPCs, conversion rates, CTRs, whatever, between anything. I expect them to all be different. And right. I'd like to talk about why. Right. And I and, this and, is a tweet, this is a Twitter thread I'm like, I have drafted that like no, I've been dying I know. to like launch, but it's like 50 tweets. So I don't, yeah. I don't think it's appropriate for Twitter thread. I, Sorry, I do. I do want to just preface that before, cause I know where you want to go with this is that I fully do agree that yeah. there isn't a correlation between CPC, CTR and CPA. Yeah. Right. However, I do think the creatives that do have the better soft metrics are easier mm -hmm. to scale at higher budgets. I, because, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Keep going. So Keep going. one thing is that when we were scaling from 20 to 30K a day, right, mm -hmm. that large jump, we saw our average CPC increase up into like the average of fours. Um, obviously, we're taking up more inventory from Facebook. We're obviously, you know, our cost per traffic is going to increase. But our conversion yep. rate doesn't increase at that same rate unless we're making yep. changes, right? So yep. then my CAC is going to increase on, a, on just a, a fully mathematical equation. Right. So 
Yeah, I agree up until a certain point that there's going to be like the sweet spot within budget and like your, I guess, cost of traffic. But that video that's getting like a dollar click and maybe a lower conversion rate can scale mm-hmm. a little bit more aggressively. And, and that's just, just, that's just how I've been seeing it recently. Cause like we've, we've cut back budgets during the summer, but in the last couple of mm-hmm. weeks we were able to scale a little bit just by throwing in some videos that were sending low tra- uh, low cost traffic at a lower conversion rate, but then having the status yeah. pick up that retargeting as well. So, yeah. I, I appreciate all that. And I, I don't have anything wrong with that. Yeah. Right. Like I think, what I'm trying to say is there's multiple, and this is the thing you'll, you'll own. Like this is my brain is just constantly going around in circles on stuff like this. And I love talking about this, but like there are just so many variables that we can't possibly see that are impacting this. So when I think about just simply add a versus add B two two unrelated ads, okay. They're not an iteration of each other. Even if they were similarly related, we could talk about that, but let's say they're two different ads. I don't care if they're images or videos. I don't care if they're the same or different, okay? One of them is going to have a better CPC or better CTR than the other. One of them is going to be delivering more to younger users. One of them is going to be delivering more to older users. Maybe it'll be similar. Maybe it'll be more relevant to people to men. Maybe it'll be more relevant to women. Maybe it'll be more relevant to people in Washington or Miami or Detroit. All of those variables, inc- and plus placement, Instagram stories, Instagram feeds, reels, Facebook, right column. All of these variables are more or less relevant to the ad. And then the user is going to react differently to them in those different placements. So I just have given up on trying to make sense of like, oh, if I get my CPCs up here, it'll do this. Because from what I've seen, both my doing this myself and also like analyzing other people's work is so often it's like, yeah, they found a data correlation, but it is not at all the causation. That's why so many people think that CPC relates to CPA directly, because if you set your systems up in a way that in a certain way, then it will like, there's so many ways that those can correlate because of, they, they kind of should, but that doesn't mean that they're caused by that. So I don't know if I've helped here or if I've made a good case about anything, because it's really just, I'm just pointing out, it's really fuzzier and blurrier. And yeah. I just care at the end of the day about getting the cost per conversion down yeah, for the I most agree. part, like 90% of what I care about is that. And then yep. the other 10% is me worrying a little bit, just a little bit about if I focus too hard on conversions, am I actually limiting myself in terms of impressions or reach or clicks? Maybe right. some of those other things, maybe I do want more traffic. Maybe I just want more people to just see the ads, even if they're not. There are other intrinsic brand value things. Um, but for the most part, my firm belief, this is again, that 90% is that the more that I can have more ads that are getting more people to take more valuable actions that I can track, the more that those ads are also leading to other impact beyond just the conversions that we're tracking. That's my like firm belief. And that's why when I, when I hear, when I talk about like make ugly ads, right? Like, and people talk, say like, oh, don't make ugly ads. It hurts your brand. I'm like, no, it doesn't because I'm right. getting more people to pay attention. I've already, I'm doing that better. And I'm getting more people that are interested in buying and taking action. Therefore, I have a, I'm having a much bigger overall impact with my ads than anything else. I'm definitely not saying make ugly ads that are actually gar absolute uh, sorry actually garbage and people don't like or will piss people yeah. off don't do that yeah. Um, yeah but that's my whole spiel like it's a big yeah. that was a big one sorry i ate up a lot of time there no i i i think it's great because like even to your point the ugly ads right let's, let's say if i if i stray away from from our brand right our brand is bright mm-hmm. colors pink packaging mm-hmm. this and that um i've mentioned this before like some of the ads where it's just like blank background picture of the product and it crushes because it's like yeah 
one, your packaging pa- uh, pops, this and that, but like it, it's not your mm-hmm. standard like branded ads where like I'll have my my co-founder, uh, Ankit, who's designed the entire branding, right? Which, mm-hmm. you know, biased as this is, it's like, I think it's the, the most beautiful packaging in the world. But when mm-hmm. he designs an ad versus another designer, he's thinking fully on branded elements, everything that needs to be right. perfect. But right. I would say like 90% of the time, the other ads that aren't perfect perform the best. Yeah. And that's why he's like, I'm not doing ads anymore. So to your point, ugly ads yeah. can convert very well. And that's the fundamental of make ugly ads is like, yeah. not like don't make really ugly, bad ads. It's like yeah. make the less perfect version of the ad yeah. you want to make, but that doesn't fit well on a hat. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, I would push back a little bit here. And so, well, first off, I totally agree with you guys. I think, the biggest thing is one to Barry's point causation is way more important than correlation but two i think you always have to start with the goal in mind and like what's the goal and so when people talk to me about cpms i'm like what do you care if you're paying more to be in the room with all these rich people that are going to buy something versus you're going to be in this room with all these plebes that are just tire kickers and never going to buy anything like what do you care like are you trying unless you're in running to your point Barry like um reach campaigns are really just trying to maximize the impressions that you're getting at a certain rate. Like unless you're running those campaigns, then CPMs are pretty much irrelevant to you. Like who cares? Mm -hmm. Like all you want to do is like, if I told you I could get you lower CPMs, if I could told you I could get you a lower cost per acquisition, what would you choose? Like, so I I get really lost in the kind of CPM maxi debate, but um, Mm -hmm. I will say that when I was running ads at my agency, it was always, a question that I had for the brand owner where we would have brands that we, I think we've talked about this on past podcasts, but we would have ads that were crushing it. Um, and they were seasonal, right? Like we had an ad that's like, get, get your gut ready for the uh, holidays or whatever. And it had like a little pumpkin in it, like the pumpkin emoji and it would just crush. And so I would go to the brand owner and be like, Hey, like it's not October anymore. Like it's not November anymore. Do you want me to change this out? Or like, should I just keep letting it ride? Or like, And so I think the broader point that you're making is really prescient, but it also needs to be balanced. So like one, you shouldn't, one of the biggest things that improved me as a marketer was I stopped worshiping the, uh, at the altar of aesthetic where it's like, just because something looks good and is incredible, very rarely has any causation to its performance. Like it's very much so usually an ego thing. Um, But at the same time, you need to understand perception and understand where you're trying to position your brand. And so you need to understand that like possibly like, for example, like Yves Saint Laurent or some sort of really fancy luxury brand will never run something that looks crappy performance aside. It just won't because there's this brand equity that is built into the perception of the brand. Whereas there can be, you disagree. I love this. Give me your disagreement. This is a hard one. I like this is really, really difficult. Um, because like I agree with what you're saying, fundamentally agree with what you've just said. The problem yeah. is that you're still talking about ads on a social platform, and you're still talking about you have to make stuff to meet people where they are. This is not TV, this is not print, right? I- you're, you can't, you have to make something that is relevant to the, the space or more people will avoid it. Unless we're talking about a kind of what Ash was saying earlier is like, if you're targeting with your creative, but I, I know, we all know rich people, okay? And rich people are just as dumb as the rest of us, okay? And they like looking at the same content that we do, right? Like just because they're rich doesn't mean that they don't look at memes and don't look at viral videos. So like aesthetically, you still need to be conscious of that. I mean, will they do that? Absolutely not because they're pretentious and filled with ego. And as you just said, and I love, and I want it on a t-shirt, they do worship at the altar of aesthetic. I I want stop worshiping at the altar of aesthetic tattooed on my body, or at least just on a (laughs) t-shirt. Let's make that sure. But that, I, I don't think those brands would ever admit to that. And some actually do. I think there are some of those like luxury brands that have figured out, are willing to play the game and are willing to make TikTok 
shit that is wacky and weird and fits the audience, but it's still elevated in their way and still luxurious in their way. So it's a weird thing, but they can still make ugly ads. I'll, I'll, I'll keep your 90-10 kind of going. I'll say you're 90% right, but I think the 10% is luxury vertical where the luxury vertical is just super pretentious. Like I've seen luxury, I've seen Gucci, I've seen really crazy high-end brands run ads without CTAs. Let me, let me, let me try something here, okay? If you're selling private jet hours yeah okay let's is that a fa- is that a fair like super luxury right i don't Most know not can. really it's a luxury commodity but so it's a luxury commodity not a luxury brand pick one okay pick one uh, no not, not, pick. but you got you see what i'm saying right like that's I just see, a, I do. It's fair a high it's spending fair fair consumption versus like a yeah. gucci bag or hermes birkin bag or um something totally fancy okay, that's, to- that's totally with, different let's go birkin, so, uh, birkin bag birkin. birkin bag yeah Birkin so bag. for people that okay. don't know, same, this is made by Hermes, super fancy bag. They start at like ten, twenty thousand dollars, and it's basically the just glorified purse. It's it's really nice. Perfect. Don't get me wrong, but they even have one with okay. uh made. They did a collab with Birkenstocks that it's made of old Birkenstocks. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> Love it, uh, Birkin, Birkin. Okay, fine. I, this applies to any of it. This is my point. Uh, is the the difference I'm talking about is shooting this on an iPhone. Or shooting this on a red camera, do, do you need to shoot the ad or the content showing the bag wherever it is in whatever location it is? Does it need to be shot on hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of gear and lighting and models? Maybe the models, all, all the, the models we can we can come back to, or can it just be shot on an iPhone? And would that fundamentally be making an ugly ad? In my opinion, yes. And or uglier version of the ad. And it's making the version that more people, luxury focused minded people as well, would be more likely to not skip if they saw on their feed. That's my hypothesis. I haven't proved it because I don't like working with the egos of people in luxury um, or, or high fashion or whatever. But that is what I've seen repeatedly win over time is finding the more authentic way to shoot it or, or produce it or edit it that isn't fully polished, starting with a logo on the screen, you know, perfect fade, you know, edits. Like TikTok edits are harsh, man. Like they're not, <laughs> they're not sweet, sweeping, beautiful things. They're zooms in, you know? So that's the kind of stuff that is subconscious, that people pay attention to subconsciously. So that's what I think about. I think it's a super valid response, but you just, this is why I love having conversations with you because you made me oh, solidify my, like my argument finally coalesced or not argument, but sure. uh, my thesis yeah, yeah. finally coalesced was that luxury brands are inherently aspirational and you don't aspire right. to be shooting a film with like, that's why a luxury brands overspend. That's why like you want to see this super polished thing. And so that's where my pushback comes in where it's like, you can't, that that's why. So let me make my thesis even stronger. Go that's why it. they hate counterfeits. It's not because it hurts the business. It's mm-hmm. because if I'm paying ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars, I want to be seen in a certain strata. Whereas mm-hmm. if all these people are wearing all these fake Birkin bags that have no money, like, and again, I'm not like this big classist. I'm just trying to make the sure. point of like I these people it. don't ha- don't have the money to really actually afford this and they're faking it. And now you're lumping me in with them. Like Louis Vuitton had the huge issue with that, right? Where like the, their bags were just getting the, the print were just getting. And now you see everybody caring where it's like, you can't afford a $7,000 duffel. What are you doing over here? And then it starts to degrade again against that brand equity and it stops becoming aspirational, which is every sure. like you luxury. And this is, I guess the, the core of my argument, luxury brands are not built on utility. They're built on perception. And perception is a function of status and status is a function of exclusivity. And the more you get away from that, the more it hurts the brand. Let me, let me, let me clarify. I agree with what you're saying. I'm saying that you have to do that. What you've just said, build that like exclusivity or that, um, I forget the word you just used, but it was, it was spot on. Like that is what you build in the frame, like in the shot. What is, what's happening? What's being said? What's being shown? But I'm talking about how you show it. I'm talking about like 
the difference between the shooting it on an iPhone and shooting it on a 200 millimeter 2.8. I don't know how familiar you are with sure. like, you know camera lenses. I am. Yeah, yeah, shooting yeah. On a 2.8 lens, like yeah. maybe that would you know maybe I will go get my 200 millimeter and shoot and shoot a, something at 2.8 video. But like I think most people won't subconsciously understand what they've just seen and slide into their feed. But what they will subconsciously be doing is realize this is not normal. And maybe it'll be for the better, but they'll know that it's more professional when you have that level of what, uh, for the viewer, what I'm talking about is background blur, uh, and, sh- yeah. and depth of field and focus. Boca. That's the kind of stuff, yeah. right? Boca. That's the yeah. kind of stuff that people subconsciously understand when they're scrolling through is, is something yeah. was shot authentically on a mobile phone or inauthentically on a professional camera. And even that bar alone is enough to lose people's attention. So I'm saying that 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 is the is the point is like, yeah, you absolutely need to still make it like special and spectacular and even more spectacular. But you have to find ways to make it also something that looks and feels for the platform, which is in a lot of ways, the most luxurious thing that you can do is actually understanding how to make stuff for the right platform. I'll, I'll concede that. That's fair. Um, okay, enough luxury stuff. What do you guys <laughs> that was have fun. you guys have that was, really, that, that was a great was really I really was enjoyed good. talking. And I'm not saying you're wrong, by the way. You like I, I very well could be wrong. Points. I just want to make sure that's clear. Yeah, I, yeah, I no, very no, well could same, be wrong. Same, same, but my, my, same, same. I will say anyone who does work in luxury who would like in the comments or somewhere say that I'm wrong, fundamentally that person does not understand what I'm talking about. So like, yeah, like, yeah, no, I'm trying <laughs> in terms of so yeah. And to be fair, like aspirational luxury brands are kind of like a horrible uh, bellwether for almost everybody. Like unless you're a luxury aspirational brand, (laughs) because they just do everything that is like counterintuitive to acquisition. Because again, like the less people that buy their products, but because they can charge X amount of dollars, like there's literally wait lists. Like for example, like Rolex, you can't buy a roll a new Rolex. You have to actually be a previous mm. owner. Ferraris are the same way. Like you actually can't buy the new Ferrari. You have to have actually own a Ferrari for X amount of years to actually get the opportunity to buy a Ferrari. It's like so there, it's just in a totally different economic realm. But speaking of different, have you guys oh, ever I really wanted to, traffic? I really wanted to I wanted to say something. Oh, you go go for I'm it. I'm so sorry. Get in it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm get in sure. it. No, I was going to say something about the industry, which is that similar to what you just said about like, you have to have a Rolex to get a Rolex for you to like get a job in luxury in, in high fashion, like especially in marketing, you have to have already been there. You have to have come from the lineage. Like they're not hiring me and they wouldn't. And even if they did hire me, they wouldn't listen to me because they'd be like, no, 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 buddy. You're, this is not how we got brand guidelines, Gary. We got brand, (laughs) brand guidelines, Barry. Come on. Yeah. Like they would make the point you were the point you were making, but they wouldn't consider listening to me like you would. <laughs> so that's the problem. Uh, and I've seen it. And I've 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 worked. I've talked to these people. Um, so they think I'm an absolute lunatic, um, just who Amazing. knows nothing. Which is which is to be fair, really you are an absolute lunatic, but we still love you. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so swinging from the super high end Birkin bag to the plebes, um, have you guys ever run traffic campaigns? Have you ever seen any success with those? Ash, I'll let you go. <laughs> um, no, uh, have not. Um, <laughs> no, you haven't run them or no, you haven't seen success? No, I haven't seen results. Um, yeah. However, um, I actually, I, I have a point to this because I did want to bring this up because I think it ties into what we've been trying to do with like influencer marketing. Um, I think a lot of people now are taking the approach of like, how do I feed my top of the funnel, right? The, mm-hmm. the consensus I feel right now is that when you're running TikTok, you're running Facebook, it's more like, it's not truly top of the funnel. It's more so like, yeah, there's some new people kind of coming in there, but the majority of it right now, especially people running full funnels right now, it's just constantly just hitting this like wave of people, right? So if you go back and look at your ad account, your frequency is like 10, right? Even though you've spent $10 million, right? So Here's where I feel like the the premise of like why Facebook is trying to get you to like run traffic campaigns or they're trying to get or like TikTok is trying to get you to run video view campaigns is so that you are adding to 
the top of the funnel so that the rest of your account can start to kind of stabilize and, and convert more people, right? Now, I don't think that the traffic quality coming in from these campaigns is ideal. I would rather the quality, I would rather the traffic come from influencers where I'm paying X amount for just like say reach or awareness, say like TikTok views um, or reach on Instagram. I'm not necessarily looking for a direct ROI. I'm looking, I would then see one, all right, am I getting like, fine, am I getting discount code sales from, you know, their code and link and buy, whatever, fine, that, that's one metric to see if they're working. But my overall approach after the fact of having like a team of influencers start talking about Avi is to see if the rest of my funnel is performing well. So I want to see Facebook get better. I want to see TikTok get better. I want to see our blended costs come down, even though I may not see a direct ROI from the influencers, right? So, sorry, wait, Ash, what are you optimizing for, for the um, influencer stuff? Really, honestly, just reach engagement. And then okay. if there is some type of ROI on like code sales, right? So we give them a code and if there's sales over there. The the campaigns are optimized around reach and engagement or their conversion campaigns? No, no, I'm talking, I'm talking like straight up influencers, like posting on their accounts. Oh, oh got it. tracking, oh, tracking, yeah, tracking. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah, you were yeah, talking yeah, about not, paid media. Not paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 not paid, not paid. Tracking. I'm just trying to why get not? this awareness. Uh, Wait, but so, why not? Yeah, okay. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so I'm just talking about like organically posting, right? I want that organic mm -hmm. reach because mm -hmm. when I say like Great. that people coming into like my like ecosystem will now start to, my ads will start to perform better because like yeah. there's just more people in there, right? And like more qualified traffic than me trying to get qualified traffic myself through traffic campaigns or, or video view campaigns, right? Now to your guys' point, yes, I will whitelist these accounts and, you know, run mm -hmm. conversion campaigns and mm -hmm. obviously like try to, get the, you know, hit their audience and, and pick up, you know, that low hanging fruit too. Um, but truly, truly top of the funnel is now where I'm going to put my eggs in the influencer basket and see if like the rest of the ecosystem starts to, to perform well. And we saw this last year when we were whitelisting when some pretty engaged influencers and the minute mm -hmm. we stopped, everything kind of like leveled back up. Right. So when you're driving that top of funnel awareness, everything else mm -hmm. starts to do better, which is why like TikTok, when you're running TikTok ads, it's still discovery and you're still getting a ton of views. Whether or not somebody like clicks through and buys something, everything else mm -hmm. performs better. And that is truly what we've been seeing recently. Like when mm -hmm. I like the last week, I've like ran a ton of TikTok ads, especially we, you know, we reach out to a ton of UGC creators on Twitter. When we started running these ads like this week, Facebook got better again right because mm -hmm. now we're spending a little bit more on tiktok could be coincidental just saying but okay yeah it could be could be but now yeah. there's a there's a there's a few points in time where running mm -hmm. this type of stuff has helped so that's why i think just funneling all this like top of the funnel traffic through alter al alternative channels like influencers heck even like billboards tv ads like what we'll get there at some point but right now we're doing the influencer stuff and like mm -hmm. that's where like i'm putting my focus is let me feed Facebook. Let me feed TikTok. Let, let me run my ads as is. Right. But mm -hmm. let me just feed the ecosystem with more people, which is why I think back to your point, why Facebook is trying to get people to run traffic ads, which is why TikTok is trying to get people to run video view ads because they want people at the top of the funnel, but it's not the right quality traffic to feed your top of the funnel. In my opinion. Well, I just want to say the strategy you just outlined is great. We've talked about this before. I'm yep. a big fan of it. It's smart. Uh, you, but it's it's not like it, you're, what you're doing is you're you're hearing the concept of like, all right, let's run link click campaigns. And you're like, no, that's dumb. Let me take that premise <laughs> and do that better. And that's beautiful. Right. That's that's a great thing to do. But what Facebook is also doing by telling you to run the traffic campaigns is they're just trying to get your money. Right. Like yeah. they're trying to do what you just said, kind of. But they're really just trying to get your money. And I want to make this, I want to shift from what you said to point out what I think is actually happening and a big part of why traffic campaigns perform so horribly. Um, <laughs> Do and I, I need my I, tin, you know, tin hat, tin foil hat? Or yes. No? Right. Put it okay, on. Hold on put me, it on. So, it on. you know, I recently saw there were, you know, some people on um, Twitter that were talking about how they have success with it, especially when using existing post IDs. Um, 
I, I tested that a little bit. I saw I, I kind of maybe some signs of life from that, but not really at scale. Maybe what were you looking at though? Convert cost per conversion on, on that traffic campaigns. Yeah. But okay. the thing that you want to put your tinfoil hat on here for is that you have to look at your placement breakdowns. Anytime, anytime you make a change like that and how you're telling Facebook to optimize, right? It's not just changing who it delivers to, it's changing how it delivers and where. So if you were to run a video view campaign, it's going to fundamentally deliver a lot in um, either audience network or more so in the, the view, uh, the, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on the name of it, but the placement where it's uh, unskippable ads, yep. right? They're the in-stream. watch either. Yeah, in-stream, thank you. Yep. My brain. Um, so like, that's not a good place if you're trying to get conversions. Uh, it's right. not a good, pla- a good place for a lot of ad reasons. Um, same thing with link clicks. If you optimize the link clicks, you're going to probably see a ton more. You'll see right. even more Facebook mobile feed, which I think, you know, here's the tinfoil hat part that there are bot farms or phone farms, wherever that are reg that, that just click on ads. And I think that if you get this podcast yeah. banned, Barry, <laughs> Can I? You're spilling tea here, and now now we can't even post it on YouTube now. Yeah, if you (laughs) no, there's no, there's no, (laughs) no, there's no nothing illegal about saying that. But like, you can you can Google it. Not even like like there are you know pictures and videos of people like wherever in factories where there's just you know thousands of phones all logged in to Facebook, and if they're just clicking ads just to like click on everything like that. That's I, I find it hard to believe that there's that many people on the platform that just click and don't do anything. They yeah. literally click and you look in GA, you look in triple or wherever, and you see that there's basically zero time on site. Yeah. Like they're not, how are they not taking any actions? It makes no sense whatsoever. And it often is related directly to that placement. So you can control, you can do, a traffic optimized campaign and just do Instagram feed. And, you know, you can control for that. And it's, it's going to still show it to different users, but at least you're controlling for that variable and it will perform poor, worse than your conversion campaign, but it will perform more similarly rather than when you do the auto placement version of it. So that's just something I want to call out. Like, I don't know what people are doing with that traffic campaign to make it work and worthwhile. Um, I, the only other thing I can think of that could be working is if you're not excluding your recent visitors or if you're specifically targeting your recent visitors and you are using the more, the bigger the attribution window that you use, the more likely those clicks will count to conversion. So if you, let's say you're targeting, right? Like I can, you have two choices here. <laughs> You can target, um, you can use, sorry, you can optimize for link clicks, targeting people that have been to your site in the last seven days, or you can optimize to purchases, um, targeting people that have been to your site in the last seven days. Same audience, okay? Most websites that you run this for, especially the bigger the site is, the more, if you run for traffic to that audience, you'll track more conversions, especially if you're using seven-day click, one-day view or if you're using seven day click, because you're just like seeding clicks to just hope that they get attributed with conversions. Like it's- Yeah, that, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, where, it, yeah. Powerful that's Pinterest what is attribution doing. windows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like 180 and days and like, <laughs> it's nonsense. Like if you've ever thought of Pinterest ever, we're gonna claim yeah. this attribution. It's, it's pretty Does, egregious. Do you have a lot of clients that use Pinterest, like a lot of triple whale. Oh, you want some spill? You want some spill tea? This is crazy. So, uh, actually, here, fill some time for me. Let me pull some data up because it's actually pretty impressive. So, so back to your point, right on the on the on the traffic uh, campaigns. I I think to your point, right, the the quality of the traffic when you look at GA, right, is almost non-existent. Like bounce rate is like ninety percent. There's like an average duration of 0.5 seconds, right? It's actually not Mm -hmm. worth it. However, I think 
the premise of doing it, if it worked right, was to fill up a top of the funnel approach, which would in theory, should in theory, right, convert in the conversion campaign. That is the theory. That is what they say. Consider like their awareness, traffic campaign, yes. consideration, conversion, whatever. Doesn't work, right? However, I have seen and looked at data and seen people running video views where it's a little bit more engaged than just traffic where people are watching the videos, you know, they ended up getting, you know, decent cost per view. And those are the people who are slightly more engaged, which is why I think TikTok is saying like, hey, um, run video views because that actually does generate a little bit better of a quality audience that's kind of just hovering around your top of the funnel. And, you know, talking to some other brands that are doing well on TikTok organic, right? Just generating views from there and getting like more people into that audience, their ads seem to be doing a lot better too, right? So when you fix that organic piece of it, which is, in my opinion, I think is a lot, has a lot to do with video views right now, especially since everything on Facebook and Instagram is changing to video. TikTok is all video. When you're getting that organic presence, everything else starts to seem to do better, which is why I think like Facebook is trying to get you to do that artificially, but it doesn't work, which is why you have to do it organically through views or even influencers. Or another but, platform. Which or I another platform. I, I, yeah. I, I yeah. love what you're talking about there, right? Like fundamentally bring people, more people into the funnel somehow. Yeah. But I think traffic campaign is not the right. It's not it. For yeah. that. No. Uh, but do that. Yeah. Bring people in. No, it's it's did not. We stall, did we stall enough for you, Rava? <laughs> yeah, I think you guys did. I just need to click one more thing here. Uh, so we have some really amazing data we're going to start to publish. Uh, and we have some Q1 to Q2 data that is pretty incredible. Um, so we track about $1.2 uh, billion in spend uh, from Q1 to Q2 versus Q3 uh, to Q4 of last year. Um, and so... Facebook was actually down in spend 24%, uh, but still massive, 854 million plus. Uh, Google was up 21%. And so you guys got to remember, this is pretty incredible because this is Q1, Q2 versus Q3, Q4 of last year. And Q3, Q4 is one, the biggest spending quarters and two, the most expensive times to buy ads. So to be able to comp against that and still grow is pretty impressive. Um, I think that's probably off the back of Google or Performance Max. Um, but we can actually debate about that. Um, TikTok spent absolutely exploded 243% um, growth quarter Q1, Q2 of 2022 versus last year's Q3, Q4, which is incredible. But pins, pins actually surpassed Snap. So Snap just fell off a cliff. Pins was actually up 10%. Um, I mean, it's a nothing burger. It's 7 million, 7.6 million. Again, this is across 5,000 merchants plus 50 plus countries. But um, pretty impressive that they grew 10% um, and then Snap fell off almost 24% uh, negative uh, quarter Q1, Q2 versus Q3, Q4 last. So yeah, Pins is coming coming back. I, I don't know. I've never seen it really work well. Um, I've wow. seen it as a tertiary channel kind of to your point, Ash, of trying to drive like quality traffic with, you know, economics where you're, it's not traffic campaigns per se, but it kind of is. Uh, yeah. But it's just obviously not as efficacious as TikTok. So yeah, I, I don't know. Pins, it's also making a little run back in the um, in the markets as well. But uh, yeah, that was it. I'm not um, I'm not anti Pinterest. Just to be clear, yeah. Like I, I, I think don't want like my friend, my Pinterest friends. I don't know if I have any Pinterest friends, but like I don't. <laughs> I'm, I, uh, Pinterest is great for visual products. You know, anything that yep. luxury, fashion, anything, also aspirational. Yeah. It. Super, like there's tons to do on there. And I've often and always and will now say that the there's more value, I think, to what you get put into Pinterest than what you can track getting out of it. I think there are yes, there's a that's lot so more well that you wind up getting from it uh, at, at scale over time in particular. Um, sorry, I shouldn't mean to cut you off. No, I, I, to your point, right? I, I guess my question to that is like, how are you seeing that value kind of come in, even if it's not immediate direct conversions, right? Even if, because we were running Pinterest ads like last year. You spent should. around, yeah, like we, yeah, I think it's more of the organic play than anything. Uh, but we spent like 50K on it. The attribution window said that we made 200,000 on it. Um, 
but <laughs> it was not a single person in a post-purchase survey said that they came from Pinterest right. or started on Pinterest. So yeah, I don't know where this attribution window comes from just, or how. Let me just be clear. <laughs> yeah. Let me be clear. If I'm you selling what you sell, I would not be on Pinterest. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, you know, maybe the new whole thing that people are saying, like that tick, put your TikToks on Pinterest, maybe, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever. But would I spend a cent on it? No, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, unless you're trying to sell like your, your hoodie, you know, or your sweatshirt, like, yeah. Babe, maybe well, we went the we went the recipe approach, right? Because a lot of people go to that's uh, actually okay, sure. for Pinterest sure, sure. for recipes good. and stuff, which is where the majority of like I don't know what you call it, but they pinned into their board and this and that. I, I yeah. still don't understand how the, the platform works. <laughs> but again, I don't know where the attribution comes from. Again, to post purchase survey is such a great way to validate where you're actually seeing, you know top of the funnel or whatever it right. is not not a single person's out of and even if they did it still doesn't make enough to be like all right let me let me put double the budget in there too well let me ask a question who is using pinterest that isn't using facebook or tiktok or snapchat or no. I, mean, I don't think youtube yeah yeah and so i like, think it matters yeah. to oh go ahead barry no is it yeah well i think it matters too this is why um I think YouTube ads can be hit or miss where it matters. Like usually if you're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, like you're usually filling time. Like you don't have an object, like an objective. Like you're just, you, you, these are gap fillers. Whereas like a lot of times if you're on YouTube, you're like wanting YouTube to consume is. a thing. Like, you know what I mean? And so like trying to sell somebody when they're trying to do a thing isn't great versus like trying to sell somebody when they're just meandering around metaphorically on the interwebs is actually a great time to pitch them a product where it's like, oh, that's really interesting. So I think for Pinterest, it's so, for me anyways, the way I used to use it was um, you're so objective driven where it's like you're pinning things, you're doing these things like that. And so maybe you, to your point, Ash, you can retarget them. And to your point, Barry, on a, a platform when they're in more of a, um, hypervigilant state to buy. But a lot of people, you know, I'm going to be putting my house together. So like, oh, that's a cool couch. This is a cool couch. This is a cool couch, but I'm not making the decision right then. And so I find yeah. it to be hard to close on Pinterest, possibly to your point, Ash, again, like it might be some decent top of the funnel stuff that you can start to drip on them. But then again, you start yeah. to get into some economic constraints of like, okay, it cost me X amount to get somebody yeah. in the funnel through Pinterest. And now it costs me YZ to actually yeah. close them when I could have just shown them a TikTok, sent them an email and then hit them with a Facebook ad and bish bash bosh, my AOV is fine and I'm on my way to the next purchase. Yeah. Well, the way that I was sold on it is that Pinterest would have been another discovery platform, like a search platform. It was a Google, yep. right? People are yep. searching for um, weight loss, weight loss uh, tips, weight loss smoothies, yep. Yep. whatever it is, right? That's and fair. then we would come up for That's it. That's a fair point. Yep. I just don't think... It was enough, like you said. It's just not enough. Right, where I think, yeah, exactly. It's too small of a platform. Premise is like, there, but yeah, you, you need a Google and Amazon, a YouTube to actually have proper volume to capture that, especially at your scale, right? Like maybe yeah. if you're just starting out, you can get stuff, but like you're trying to figure out how you can move proper money, not yeah. where you can spend your next hundred, two hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. Amazing, Barry. Any parting thoughts before we get into the creepy question? Oh gosh, I don't. I haven't prepared. Um, no, I, I, I'm just. I've been enjoying this. I wish I could be doing this all the time. Uh, this is a really fun <laughs> this one. This is a lot of fun. This was a good I one. Love, yeah, I love part of the. They're all pretty the good. Time, but I've watched a lot of them. <laughs> oh yeah, oh that yeah. that hits me deep in the feels. Um, okay, so here's the creepy question: What would you title? What would the title of your autobiography be? Who wants to start? <laughs> oh, Ash, it feels like you're onto something. No, let's so for, for, for context, Barry, we do uh, just a weird off the wall question, um, kind of a little bit of a brain teaser. We've had, uh, what would yeah. you do with an elephant? Um, and that was Gina. Gina would become a YouTube influencer. We did mm -hmm. uh, more wheels or doors. Which one was that? Are you <laughs> inside the right. shower dry off person or outside the shower dry off person? I mean, we're talking mm -hmm. about high level cognitive stuff here, Barry. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, uh, those are, you know, A or B questions. Those aren't as fun. You want, you want the big, you want the big, this is a, this is a full free form thought question. So <laughs> to I, be fair, the know, elephant sorry. one wasn't the, el the elephant one okay, was yeah, not yeah, binary, yeah, but, but, 
yeah. I, I take your point. Um, well, you, you, in our email earlier today, you said hot and bothered, uh, which That's I, not bad. I love. I like that. Not I bad. also own, I own hot and bothered.com. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. I, oh I my bought gosh, it. It's amazing. <laughs> Did you really? Oh my God. <laughs> For people that uh, are just teams. listening. Yeah, exactly. For people that are just listening, uh, Barry Hot, his last name is spelled H O T T. Um, so that's the that's the punny. Uh, that's actually not bad. Yeah. I'd buy it. Hot and bothered. Amazing. Um, what about you, Ash? You ready? <clears throat> Ash me anything. Hey, that's not horrible. Oh my gosh, that is not horrible. That those are both heat. Those oh are both God. heat. I got to tell you, if there's any publishers out there, you need to option this ASAP. <laughs> Ash me anything. That's pretty good. We need to have that as a some triple well segment or something. That's AMA. hilarious. Yeah, that's, that's your YouTube. That's actually that's your, hilarious. That's your, like, YouTube or like yeah. Twitter oh, space oh my or gosh. something like that. Oh, we should. That is that. hilarious. Yeah. I have nothing now. Yeah. You guys wrecked me. Yeah. I should. I should have went. That's first. your office hours. That's your. Ash, that's <laughs> I know. Your office hours. It's just like that's amazing. Yeah. We were going to do it. ocean hours, but Ash me anything is even better. That's incredible. That's I incredible. Kevin. <laughs> what do I got? I know, right? We got to green light this. We need a new Slack channel ASAP. Yeah. Uh, what would I do? Hot and bothered. Ask me anything. How's are really good. I don't know if I can come back from these. What would I do? Um, man, I got nothing. What's a good? I don't know. I have to punt. What would I? What would it be? Auto autobiography. Hot and bothered. Ask me anything. Well, sign off first, Barry, and I'll think of something. Tell the people how they can follow you, how they can get more involved with, with Barry Hot, how they can get hot and bothered. You're doing some cool stuff with Jess at Higher Fire Team, too. I really enjoy those. Those are it's pretty funny. Thanks, man. I really like yeah, those. Yeah, thanks, man. We're, we're, we're doing some more stuff. I'm hoping to be doing more stuff like that on my own, on my own YouTube. Maybe I'll do an interview show called Hot and Bothered where I just bother people really for good. an hour. It's really good. Um, it's a great idea. Um, but yeah, uh, BarryHot.com, that's... Uh, two T's uh, and find me on Twitter at Bing hot and uh, you know, hopefully more fun stuff for me in the coming months, but nothing too crazy right now. <laughs> That's just, just doing, doing stuff, fun stuff like this. <laughs> Amazing. Hanging out in Brooklyn, living the life. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ash, do the spiel. Let the people know if they're by a vitamin shop, what do they need to do? <laughs> if you need some collagen <laughs> in your life, you need to, Reverse the signs of aging, and you got a vitamin shop near you, go check it out. You'll find us on the shelves. Tell them that your favorite collagen is Avi. Take a picture of it. Send it to me on Twitter. I retweet, babe, everything. Um, but yeah, follow me on Twitter at Ashwin Milwani. Um, also on Mentor Pass. Uh, check me out there if you need any advice on paid media. Um, also looking for more. Yeah, and Barry too. Oh, you're you're um, on Mentor Pass. Why didn't you say that? We love Kenny yeah. here. <laughs> oh, I, oh, amazing! I should have said plug that. that. I, I plug that, baby. It's plug on, it. It's like on my sign up. Link, sign up for some time with thing. Barry. Get some hot takes Let's in there. Go. Let's go. Um, That's actually not a bad one either. Yeah. Hot and then last thing, us. if you are a UGC creator, hit me in my DMs. Um, looking for a ton of creators. So far, I've had over 150 people send us some uh, some content, and we're trying to create a massive roster. Paid, obviously, um, but in my DMs. Amazing. And if you are looking to uh, step up your influencer game, we just did a great pod uh, with Josh about influencer. I think was it last week, wasn't it? Or two weeks two ago? Weeks something ago. Like that? Two, weeks, two ago. weeks ago. Yeah. He crushed it. It was a really, really good one. Um, if you want to get more involved at Triple Well, we are Try Triple Well. Oh, no, no, no more Try, actually. We're triplewell.com. You see, I'm yeah. flustered by the title of the autobiography. Um, Triplewell.com. We're on the whale or bird app at uh, Triple Whale. And then if you want to subscribe to our amazing newsletter, it is every Tuesday and Thursday goes out called Whale Mail. You can do that right on the Twitter app. Um, man, I can't believe I asked a question. I didn't have the answer. I feel, I feel that's like, what I was shocked by. I can't believe bit. I had an answer. I know. I, your guys' answers were too good and they rattled me. And you <laughs> stalled it long enough. For me to try, you know, try to fill pull, this up. I'm thinking right? for you. I can't think of anything. I read nothing, right? I, like, how I did I get here? To be about like, shi- like shiny shoes, or you know, like <laughs> the shiniest shoes think, on the block, or something. I was, I was thinking sneaker puns. Yeah, like yeah, bare feet. Maybe I can call it bare feet. A little sneaker <laughs> pun, huh? No, nothing. Ashes and insight. 
You got nothing. I, Three big I'm brains, trying. and I can't. I can't get self self titled. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Is that someone whose whose autobiography is called Unbelievable? I feel like Wait, you're Robert, right. Can there's we do some... Can we do a contest? Like, best oh, amazing! Con- best one amazing. in the comments gets a little sum sum. Yeah, I'll send you some triple whale swag. Whoever wants it, you can pick out uh, some t shirt and socks and give me the title of my autobiography. Put it in the uh, the comments section, either on the YouTube video or on the Twitter that we put out. Look at that! Yeah. Look at that! People helping people. It's powerful stuff. I love it. Love it. Amazing. Barry, this is incredible. We have to have you back on. Make you regular or something. You. This is really interesting, man. I love the way you Sweet. approach acquisition, the way you think of marketing, the way you just uh, – you're so even-keeled but at the same time have very – like the way I would describe you is uh, strong opinions weakly held. And I think that's a really good way to live life where you believe in what you believe in, but if you are encounter different data or something like that, you will absolutely um, change your yeah. mind and reverse course. And I think that's a really – really productive way to live, not only in terms of marketing, but in terms of going through your life. Um, congrats I'm again. Literally the, gonna cry. The, I'm literally going to cry. That was very nice. That was beautiful. That was very beautiful. Oh, I, I had to make yeah, up really, for my, he doesn't uh, talk to me like my that. No title. <laughs> <laughs> I really work hard to, to, to do that, to like what you just, I need to like write that down. What you just said. Oh, no, I'm, trouble with, I'm in trouble with the pot. With the podcast bestie. The I'm partner. sorry, Ash. You know I love you. The pod right. partner. That's all actually love. a nice alliteration. All love. Um, all love. Amazing, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. If you do enjoy the podcast, be sure to share it. Tell your friends to subscribe. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, go follow Ash. Go follow Barry. Go follow Triple. Um, I'm also on Mentor Pass if you want to go give me some money for sneakers. And then I think that's it, guys. Another one in the books. Nice. I really appreciate the time. Um, and we'll see everybody next time. Thanks so much. Peace out.